In the span of what seems like 10 minutes, the temperatures here in the county have avalanched from the 40s to the single digits. Here we are in mid-November, and three times now I've had to gear up and don the extreme weather gear so that I could get out there and clear the driveway and car. Back in New Jersey, I would still have some of my summer wear hanging in the closet for that occasional warm day. Not so here in the county, and yet I offer no complaint for this immediate and startling drop in temperature, because with every falling flake, the vistas here go from beautiful to downright majestic. In this episode, I'm going to do my best to convey to you the sheer magnitude of this awe-inspiring land. Throw another log on the fire and dial up the thermostat a degree or two, because here we go. Get ready for snow. I'd like to start this episode off a little differently. Listeners that know me personally know that I enjoy writing, and more specifically, writing poetry. Now don't worry, I have no intention of turning the podcast into a millennial poetry reading, but I'd like to start by trying these episodes off with a two or three stanza poem that embodies the theme of the episode. Let me know in the comments section how you like this idea, and if it goes over well, I'll make it a regular part of the podcast. Now that I've gotten that out of the way, let's get into it. Cold and gray, the days grow dreary. Wind blows wild, snow gets piled, then settles in silence eerie. Crisp and clean, the fields glaze white. The howling breeze whips through the trees beneath the starry night. Ice and sleet, freezing rain. The skies grow dark, its frozen mark, the wintry state of Maine. This short poem is very much descriptive of this wonderful place. In the United States, we're fortunate to know nearly every type of climate possible. The frigid tundras in Alaska, the tropics of Hawaii and southern Florida, the deserts of the west, the forests of the Pacific Northwest and the Great Northeast, the mountains of Colorado, and the list goes on and on. There is no shortage of natural beauty in this land, and naturally, we begin to take for granted the things that surround us each day. Case in point, I grew up on a barrier island in New Jersey. My backyard was the back bays and my front yard the Atlantic Ocean. To you this may sound like heaven on earth, but to me it was little more than an irritation. Irritation of traffic and beach sand hidden in every corner. No sir, the beach is not my cup of tea. To me, being in the forested mountains of New England, among the lakes and rivers, this is my idea of paradise. And more than any other terrain, this place prevents boredom. In the tropics, it's always sunny and blue. That may be great for a week's vacation, but you would quickly become tired at the never-changing landscape. Similarly, being in an Arctic region, you would grow terribly sick of seeing white. But here in Maine, up in the county, each of the four seasons put on a dramatically different show. The spring boasts beautiful colors from the various flora. Summer is highlighted by dense forests and a thousand shades of green. Fall bombards the eyes with a rainbow of color during leaf season, 
And of course, winter too dazzles with its Saturday evening post vistas in Norman Roskwellesque village. It's only mid-November here in the county, and already we've had three snow events. Back in New Jersey, these would not have been snow events. They would have been outright snowstorms. But here in the land of white winter, four to six inches is not even enough to make people bat an eyelash. Lately, I've been going out with a friend in his plow-equipped truck, and I've gotten quite the education. The business of moving snow is certainly a tricky one. In most cases, the saying nothing is as easy as it seems is pretty much on the mark. And in this instance, that old adage could not be more accurate. My rookie snow mindset told me that all you need to do is push the snow out of your way and be done with it. As it turns out, with every foot of snow you push, the weight increases exponentially. And therefore, so does the amount of effort needed to keep it going. That boils down to this. Not understanding the type or the depth of snow is just about a death sentence on your equipment. For instance, a wet slushy snow will gum up the works in a snowblower fast and leave you standing there with zero progress. And dropping the plow blade to the wrong angle in deep snow could break the plow's mounts or worse still, damage the truck itself. And while I'm on the subject of snow removal, and oh how exciting a topic it is, Spare a thought out there for the men and women filing it out. There's a lot going inside that truck, and the driver's focused. Visibility is limited because even the best snowplow lights are nowhere near as good as standard headlights, and traction, even when in four-wheel drive, is not the best. When you're on the road and you see a plow, don't try to get by and cut them off. Give a wide berth and respect to the machines and the people, making it safer for you to drive. If for no other reason, then a collision with a plow is guaranteed to ruin your day. How about that? It would appear that again I went on a tangent, a skill at which I have become very well adept. So bringing the focus back to the scenic landscapes of the county, it has been shown to me that far and away, the best way to view the snow is from behind the handlebars of a snowmobile. Snowmobile, sled, snow machine, whatever you call it, they are amazing. A few days ago, I had the great fortune to have a friend call me down to go out on a short ride. He wanted to warm them up after a long sit in the garage. I explained that I've never before been on one and after about 15 seconds of operating instructions, we were off to the races. And I do mean that quite literally. The sled I was on had a twin turbo, six million horsepower nuclear reactor powered by lightning bolts. Apparently, because when I goosed the throttle, the front of the sled lifted, and my hat and scarf stayed in place as I was slingshotted across frozen earth. By the grace of God, I had the sense to let go of the throttle and was able to temper it down a bit and travel at a more restrained pace. It only takes a moment to get your bearings, and once you do, the snow and ice around you become a masterpiece of art. Being in the forest on a blanket of snow is transformative. Silence is broken only by the cracks of icy fractals as the water freezes and expands. After my tame down ride on the sled, my bunny invited me to hop onto the back seat for a demo of what a skilled rider can do with one of these things. Eagerly I agreed and I was taken out and thrown around like a frisbee. 
this machine was flying across snow and ice at a pace unseemingly possible. The power these sleds contain is just unimaginable. However, with proper safety equipment like a helmet and a living will, an experienced rider can really put on a show. As for me, I prefer a more sedate ride through the trails. Well, at least until I can gain the confidence to grip it and rip it across the field at 90 miles per hour. So winter is still a few weeks away. The snow will continue to pile and the cold will deepen. And with it, so too will the crisp, glistening beauty of this pure white wonderland. Don't stay inside all winter. Cabin fever is never a good thing. Get out there and explore whenever you can. Snow doesn't have to be a pain in the neck. On the contrary, it can be a source of many winter activities and adventures. Until next time, Adventure Mainers, be kind to each other, and don't forget to bundle up.